I can't get enough of my intro song. I like funky beats and disco, and I'm not ashamed of it. I don't care who says anything about it. <laughs> you can laugh. My wife laughs. Everybody laughs. But I like to move to those funky beats. It's just my thing. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood, and I'm happy to be back for another episode of Brevity Box. Welcome back to the BBX episode seven zero, and I'm excited because for the last few episodes, maybe two or three, we have been, you know, driving forward, me and Becky against the world, <laughs> trying to keep the You're seat such warm. Such a dork. <laughs> for our our missing man, we're running our missing man formation, a little delta formation with a little wing off of it, and today. It's not like that, and I'm stoked about it because that busy man made time for us. Before I get started, Brevity Box is brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network and Area 42 Studios and Sound. If you would like to check out what we do, go to our website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. I'm not here alone. You heard her laugh, Becky with the good hair. She's alive, recovering from weird naming sicknesses that you can only get if you have an RN behind your name. Becky, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're alive. Thanks, me too. I'm glad you have your voice. You had croup and parrot disease. Parrot influenza. <laughs> but yes, parrot yeah. disease. Parrot influenza. You were attacked by <laughs> wild parrots, cockatoos, and you got weird bird diseasey things. That's what I heard. Inhaler. <laughs> Parrot disease and croup sounds yeah. wicked. That was awful. And like I alluded to at the beginning of the show, we are joined by our leader, our luminary. <laughs> it's <laughs> me. I just have to edit it out. <laughs> just make more work. Oh man, I'm so oh. glad you're here, Mitch. I had to go with it. I had to steal a little bit of influence from one of my favorite movies, Tron. Like <laughs> in this case, instead of Clue, it was you, Mitch. So well, thanks, I'm happy man. to have I'm, you here, man. I'm glad to be here. I, I really miss recording. I, I, I am at fault. I'm sorry. Just been crazy, crazy. So uh, thanks for for making sure to still. Well, don't be too sorry, man. You're busy running, turning those uh, steel wheels of this entire (laughs) network. And it's not like we didn't get to record. I mean, I don't want to go too deep into uh, what I'm excited about. A new Red Room episode announcing something that we're excited to have. But we've been doing some work. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. It's been really good, but I'm glad you're here. Now, if you guys looked on the Discord, you saw that I posted some completely crazy pictures of a dude holding a giant liver who looks like a He-Man action figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me so too. Have... Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think my exact words were, what the actual fuck. <laughs> yes, 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 they yeah. are. It's, so, I, I, I mean, straight up, have you guys heard of or know anything about the liver king no no but he looks a little bit like jay fink from down there (laughs) like a really yoked like exactly he kind of does like if you just yeah look at him so uh, let me give some background for anybody who you know definitely look on your phone or 
Google this dude, Liver King, and you'll see the images that come up. And there's a reason I bring him up. Um, I mean, the first thing I think of, and I think any normal human thinks of when you look at this guy is lots and lots of steroids, <laughs> lots, lots and lots of PEDs. But that's not why I bring him up. The, the reason I've had this dude on the mind is for weeks, I've kind of seen this growing momentum behind a real push to get, I mean, like everybody this guy talked to, whether he went, whatever podcast it was, whatever magazine article it was, everyone has asked this guy 10 different ways if he uses any performance enhancing drugs, if he uses any steroids. And the reason that's pertinent at all is that this is a very successful, very wealthy person who has gained the majority, if not all of his millions, by selling the image that this look, this racked, I said He-Man action figure, Google that because that is not an exaggeration, this completely buffed, ripped-looking guy that looks unbelievable has been selling the public on nine ancient routines and traditions and has characterized himself as trying to go out of his way to help men who are dealing with depression and feel weak and feel like society's got them beat down. And the only thing that they have to do to get their life in order is start eating like him. Lots of bone marrow, lots of organ meat, obviously the name, the liver King, right? You got to eat a lot of liver. You got to, you got to do a lot of bone marrow stuff. You got to do a lot of pushups. You got to carry a lot of weight. You got to do it all the time. And at no point, at, at no point does he say he does anything else. It's all about those traditions. It's all about getting this message out to help the poor, needy men who are hurting in this world. And it's complete horseshit. Now, a lot of people have been saying this. And I, I'm, not, again, I, I'm, not a, I'm not trying to prop up Joe Rogan. He doesn't need me to do it. But one of the loudest voices out there was... The you know Joe Rogan and in a very comedic way saying the he goes the only way you get that way is with an ass full of steroids, and he's been saying it for a long time and joking for a long time, and here in the last seventy two hours we're recording this on December the third, this guy finally comes out and apologizes because he's been blowing smoke up the world's ass forever. He, of course, he uses steroids. Now, why do I tell you all that? I told you all that so I could tell you this. This guy is a very buff, ripped version of the same snake oil salesman that you have probably heard me uh, expressing some detestment of. And always commenting about that, whether that was a political figure or whether that was a mega rich person who took over a social media company. This is the same guy. And it always piques my curiosity because even in his apology, it wasn't even an apology. It was like, I'm sorry, I lied, but it was still, still the song and dance of it's because I still felt like I needed to get the message out for those people who need me. And it, it always just, I can't sit with it. Right. Like, I feel the bile in my mouth for people like this. Not only, like, it's okay. I think I'm really forgiving if somebody comes out and goes, 
I'm busted. Full of shit. I've been putting needles in my my ass for 10 years and selling everybody on horse shit, you know. And and even even if he just said that, you, people would still look at him and say that's a lot of hard work. It's definitely some genetics. But it's also a shit ton of steroids and performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. And so he's in that place now where you know, even in his apology, he's like, I, he tried to play it out like he was a victim. He was like, I never, I, you know, I, I, social media is just a different world, and I didn't know it was going to go this way. When everything he was doing was a calculated marketing campaign for it to go that way, right? So right. I know you guys know people like this. I know for a fact that both of you agree with me on this guy. But I had I had to vent about it, right? And you you tell me what you see, Becky. I mean, the, I had to think of you because I mean, this is like as giga chat as you get. He's and got the ugliest guy... face, though. He's definitely yeah. got a steroid face. He definitely I, has a steroid face. I don't even like that. Like to me, that's gross. It does look like the kind of guy who would take a picture in a bathroom with some ripped up underwear, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. I'm sure he has that same outfit hanging around. I mean, you take off the baseball cap and it might be that dude's cousin. Probably. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. They do kind of look similar. But it's interesting, right? I mean, that you you don't get a body like that without some kind of enhancement, whether it be plastic surgery or steroids. You don't get a body like that. So my question for the two of you, because I want to see if you think I'm trying to ask this for myself. I try my best not to have angst or some sort of like bitterness towards people who just want to believe his song and dance so bad that they bought all of us. The people who made him a millionaire, right? The mm-hmm. people who support those kinds of political figures, the people who think they can do no wrong. What is it? Like, what is it? I mean, you do you guys have some inclination of what it is about the human condition that well, they'll look past the obvious because I didn't. I don't follow this guy. I didn't really read up on his story until his horseshit apology, and then it was kind of funny at that point. But it's like, how in the world does that work so well? And it keeps working so well, right? It's been like that since forever. Yeah. I don't. I I struggle sometimes to make sense of it and i was hoping that you guys had some shiny little pennies to help me make more sense of it i mean isn't like part of the human condition to like almost always feel like you fit somewhere that just kind of seems like you know like it's all about finding your niche and finding your people finding your tribe and like maybe maybe a small part of him enjoyed being that like almost like savior figure for, you know, whoever was following him, whether it be, you know, men or women, you know, your target audience. I mean, I feel like that's a driving factor of why a lot of people do like the TikTok and, you know, our Instagram influencers because they want that tribe, but they don't want to do like a ton of work for it. You know what I'm saying? Well, and look, I don't know how hard the man wore. I mean, clearly he works out all the time. I mean, he's had to keep up the yeah. image, but, but I don't, I guess the part that I'm, I, I like, I put myself back in that original spot the best I can. Like if I were in his shoes and at some point the guy's like, 
I can't keep doing this. I know I'll sell more if I start doing steroids, but I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to keep pushing. Like, you know, that eyes are bigger than your stomach sort of situation, Mm -hmm. right? He's so thirsty for that attention and for that, the riches. He's thirsty for the publicity, but he's hiding that little secret. And he knows that he's, He's snake oil salesman, right? He's a charlatan. I like using that word because I don't think it's used enough. Charlatan. It's a classic <laughs> word. Yeah, I mean, he's out there blowing smoke up everybody's ass and they're buying it. He's the, being who is an the guy influencer. that's buying it, though? Yeah, I just don't that's get the, the culture person who's right being now. influenced. Like, who is the person that's being influenced? It doesn't have to influenced? be anybody. I mean, look at all these influencers you have online. I mean, they're just random people who in my opinion, think that people care about what they think. And they make all this money for it. You know, and they make all this money for it. They have these all these brand deals or whatever. Right. And it's it's just like part of a ridiculous culture right now. I always feel like there's something malicious there. Don't you know what I mean? Like that person who's out there is like, I don't care what I have to do to get them to buy into what I'm saying. I'm just gonna do it because I want that yeah. fame. I want that money. And I don't care if I have to manipulate those people to do it. And that's 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 what drives me nuts about social media and like younger kid. Like when my um, niece and nieces and nephews were here, like the amount of time that they spent on TikTok and caring about people they didn't even know that don't even do anything but post videos. That just drives me nuts. I hate that. It feels, I've, I think I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I mean, it may be in small part, but it, it feels so, I mean, I, my biggest criticism of guys like this, guys like uh, the former president, guys like Elon Musk, guys like uh, <laughs> Yadolf, who uh, I have a lot of criticism for, is that they don't, they don't have a, <laughs> I get the title now. I didn't get it when I was reading it. I was like, is that the <laughs> King's name? <laughs> no, formerly Kanye West is now Yadolf forevermore to me. Um, you know what you need to do, Mitch, when you're like edit this? If you could like censor out that name and it just be like a censor, that would be really funny. <laughs> it's cake. So that, we don't get canceled. <laughs> But there's a commonality, right? There's if you, it makes this statement that I I try to keep myself from getting too upset with like for instance the going back to Liver King's story and shtick, him saying that there were young men depressed and out of shape and he's trying to help them. Here's the thing, that guy gets up and decides that he's motivated because of this guy, and he works out. All the time, all the time, doesn't do anything but eat the livers and the testicles so and the bone marrow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about the guy who doesn't talk about the guy who's buying his products, mm-hmm. right? The guy who's buying his products at home and he's trying and he's trying and he's trying and he's never going to get there. What's represented in these pictures, right? Never. Not without. 10 years plus of hard work, lots of steroids and PEDs and some genetic irreversible dick damage. 
<laughs> and totally irreversible dick damage. He's been selling irreversible dick damage. Um, yeah, I mean, th- that's I try not to get too like I. I mean, part of me, I'm I'm full admission. Part of me is like a- angry at that dude for not being more aware, for having the wool pulled over his eyes so so easily. And then another part of me is just like I feel a little bad for him. You know, because maybe they don't know better. Maybe they don't have that comprehension skill. I know I've had this conversation about different subject matter with you, Mitch. And I know we've gone back and forth. I, I do want to squeeze an opinion about the irresponsibility of not caring about your influence on others for a buck. Because I think that's basically what I'm touching on. Or for support or power, I guess. I mean, what? where do you come from on that? I'll be honest, right? Uh, I'll tell you that uh, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored. I, that's fair. This guy, and I'm bored. Like I don't, I just don't care, man. Like I think that we could, if, and this is no dig against you, of course, but I mean, no, if we had this from a different direction, I would have had a lot to say. But I mean, I'm just completely tuned out on anyone like this, anyone who behaves like this, anyone who looks like this, anyone who purports that this is, this is the goal, like. I don't know, man. Like I can't, I can't work my way into it from this direction because I just don't care. I just don't care. Like, and, I, and anyone who's influenced or buys into that, then I, I do. I feel more pity than I do anything else. I know you've got. You said you feel a little resentment, but I'm, I'm trying to find my way to having an opinion on this. But it's just the, this particular guy. Like, if we want to like expand it, like you said, into a greater realm of you know social influencers and the snake oil salesmen. And yes, you're right. The word charlatan, like poser, needs to come back. Charlatan, yeah, bring it back. Bring it, we're we're bringing it back. Uh, yeah, that's great. But I don't know because I, I have no idea who this guy is. I have no idea what he said. I can't really weigh in on it. Uh, I'm with Becky. Like social influencers and social media has become the bane of all existence mm-hmm. like i just oh my god what a sad sad state of affairs when an eight-year-old says they want to grow up to be an influencer oh my god i, I cannot stand that it, it, well, it's, it, an, it's enough to make me start cutting I, okay. <laughs> <Please don't. laughs> well, I like i like that you're saying that you're bored with it because the whole the whole point for me to even put any attention on this guy isn't this guy and it isn't oh, it. it isn't what he's selling it's that it's it's a, it's the same guy, right? It's the same guy. Like for him, it's bodybuilding and selling everybody that it's the whatever nine ancient traditions or whatever he's talking about. For Trump, it's this whole shtick with uh, MAGA or whatever he's appealing to with his following of people. But it's the same mechanism. Same thing with Yadoff. You know, it's like this 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 thing um that I'm trying to wrap my head around is that it it astonishes me that it is so ubiquitous that it's gotten to the stuff that is boring. That it's gotten to, you know, work out, eat bone marrow. Like it is boring. I'm bored by it. But the mechanism at there is to the tune of Lots and lots of money, lots and lots of people, and it definitely makes me uncomfortable for the same reasons that those other uh, influence of influential people that have garnered some um, following. It's the same thing, you know. That's that was really the whole attempt 
at trying to kind of put a focal point on this douchebag. You know, it's because of that, right? I, is it the I'm douchery definitely and the douchebags themselves, or is it the the receptors, the receivers, and the purported like followers and believers? Which which actually offends you more? Well, that I'm I'm offended by both. I'm more forgiving of the receivers, a portion of them, an unknown percentage of them. Some some number out of ten, I believe, <laughs> is is not worth. But they don't deserve more my than ire. one less than ten. <laughs> yeah, more than one less than ten, right? Um, there's certainly going to be a few of them in there that I like I'm just going to be half disgusting. of you, half as well as you deserve. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, because I, 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 but I get really disgusted with the two parts of that story that bother me the most and cause me to want to bring it up. Where the fact that it's a reoccurring subject for me about someone being irresponsible with their influence. That part bothers me a lot because I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't have that. See, I can talk about that. Yeah. I I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand that, that motivation. Uh, It's not a part of me personally. I think the reason I don't understand it is a very personal one. I think my, my father, who I did not have a great relationship with, is that kind of snake oil salesman who would totally do these kinds of things. And I think because I grew up with that, you kind of, if you grow up with that, you have a natural detector for it and a natural detest for it. And so I, I think that part bothers the shit out of me. The second part, and the reason it was I wanted to talk about it is the, the apology part. And this is kind of true from everybody like this. It's this influential person having out of 10 minutes, 30 seconds is I'm sorry, I fucked up. I did this. And then the rest of the nine minutes is, but I didn't understand. And I'm a victim of the craziness. So, you know, like all of that shtick reminds me of every poor drunk busted asshole who finds jesus when they've lost their last buck you know what i mean and so like i i want to fired up right now yeah so that's that's where i come from with this dude and it's um and it's just being gaslit yeah i mean that's the ridiculousness of it right like and i think welcome you with open arms (laughs) for me his his physique is so overblown and ridiculous is the first time I've seen the embodiment of it like that, right? Like it comes in all shapes and sizes, whether you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I was just kind of like, this is everywhere and people pay for it. They're like out there. There are people saying, please give me more. And I needed to talk about it. You know, if I I needed to get it out, you know, know, I'm going to, for, this is kind of shocking that this is coming from me because most of the time I err on the other side, but right now I think they deserve maybe your pity or your sympathy or more than your disgust and more than the, the, the followers and the people who've bought into it. They're, they're folks who don't have identity. They're people who don't have the same like individual strength that maybe you have uh, that just need to see it, to be it. And they don't have that kind of direction that maybe some of us here 
sitting around this virtual table might have. And they, they need those things in order to just go about their daily lives. So that's, that's a condition to be pitied and be, you know, you, you have to feel a certain amount of like sorrow that that's their existence. I'm, I don't think that it's going to be, it's going to end well for us because those are the masses. Uh, but it's just, it's unfortunate for them that they buy into this kind of crap. That's just It is. And there's a part of me that genuinely wants to like help them. Like I wish I had a bullshit detector and be like, here, run this through this there you fancy go. Sell machine. It. You need to make, there you go. There's your, <laughs> you can start selling the bullshit detector. Which Maybe really just like, a, yeah, it looks exactly like a walkie talkie and it's got a green light that I press the button when I hear I'll bullshit. I'll be the first one to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, yeah. you like the bullshit detector. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the spokesperson. It's an I, app. It, it it just seems like a, a yeah. It certainly would be funny as hell for me to go through. But that that was truly I could I got sucked into reading about this whole story. Sorry. And the more I read about it, the more it paralleled more important people that have done more damage on a bigger scale. And it just felt like a great way to sure talk about them by talking about him. Right. Because it's the same story. It's just not about working out particularly. So I'll move on. <laughs> I'll move on. I'll move on. I, I'll tell you this. Maybe, maybe the reason that I'm seeking so much, many more answers is because of my newly acquired depth of wisdom. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm right. wiser now. Can you can you hear it in my voice? No. Like I'm no. wiser now. Uh-uh. It's true. I'm gonna I, tell you how oh, I got ow, wiser. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I just, I, just uh, I pulled a muscle in my eye rolling it so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> One eye is just permanently stuck up there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I, I uh I decided to take on November with the Movember theme. And I know, I know if you listen closely, you can hear my very wise sounding mustache and goatee. It is thick with wisdom. I, I often put my hand to my chin like the thinker, and I gently caress the beard that's there. And I feel smarter. I feel smarter. <clears throat> it's led me to a place to have deeper questions about Liver King. <laughs> And muscles galore. So I thought I would see if you guys could hear my 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 bearded mustachey wisdom coming out of my mouth. No, sorry. It's the only. I couldn't. I couldn't hear it through the uh, through the um that one word you use ubiquitous ubiquitous ubiquitous. Yeah, I couldn't hear it through that. Yeah, I <laughs> this guy's muscles. This guy's muscles. And then she sent those pictures. I can't hear your wisdom. <laughs> You know, my Brooke is such a she's so funny about this shit. If I say any word with more than three syllables, she gets this really disgusted look on her face and goes, "Oh, you got a new word? Am I gonna hear that word thirty times this well, week?" I make you, some, I make you spell it. So <laughs> she'll just get irritated when I actually spell it. Though I'll be like, "I'm good at spelling." She's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I was so stupid. She was talking. Uh, I mean, this is the truth. This is the kind of marriage we have. She's talking to her friend, and her friend has, um, our friend, has, uh, you know, 
kid who's got some learning disabilities. This is not about that. But I don't know that they're talking about that. And I don't know that they're talking about that one kid and whatnot. What I do hear them talking about is common core math. Oh, and so God, Brooke is that. so Brooke is sitting there like, oh yeah, I've heard it was a struggle. And I've got some friends that have kids and have talked about it. And I got curious and I looked it up and I have a good head for math. So it didn't seem like it was that hard to me. Not saying anything. That's not a brag. Just didn't think it was a big deal. Of course, in my mind, when I'm hearing them talk about it, she's walking by and I go, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I looked it up. It really doesn't seem that complicated. It seems pretty easy. And Brooke just gives me these laser beam eyes. (laughs) And then later she's like, she's having trouble helping her son learn to do common core math because she does, you know, she explains the detail of it. This is how I accidentally dick myself, right? I, in, I don't mean to sound like a prick, but for some reason I find myself doing it. I don't even know why I had to say that, but I did. I jumped in for no you reason. Walked right into it. Yep. That's what I do. That was my big fumbly words. Because I'm obnoxious tisk, tisk, sometimes, tisk. <laughs> big times. Yeah, you know, anybody who's listening is also obnoxious. They don't think that a break is about to happen. So we'll be right back after <laughs> this little bitty break. You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts. And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. It's good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. All right, Mitch, I dominated the first 28 minutes of this whole thing talking about stupid stuff. It's not you, stupid stuff. Ah, it isn't. It's just thankful it wasn't sports. sports. But it is. <laughs> it's a dude who's like lifting and it's sports. It's oh, kind okay. of sporty. It's kind it's of sporty. sporty. I would like to know what you have on your mind, Mitch. I, I'm glad you're here because I want to hear what you have to say, bud. What's up? Well, why are we back? We are back, sir. I said it's good to be back. Well, I mean, that could just be like saying, hey, it's good to be back. We are back officially. <laughs> okay, back thanks. from a break. It's really helpful. It's especially helpful. Open up your brain and let us okay. in. What is inside your heart brain? Open up, open up your brain pan. Get ready for some download. Uh, Becky, what's going on with you, man? Oh, I've been sick. So, you know, just dying on the couch. Uh, I watched um, Wednesday on Netflix. That was really, really good. I watched the first episode. It was, was it really worth it? cute. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I haven't seen it. I I still envision Christina Ricci. She's in it. I did hear that. Yeah. You'll love it. You You really will. You and Brooke will really, really love it. Some kids today told me that my coat was giving them Wednesday vibes. How crazy is that? You're did now you, be and did you did you put Wednesday. your Doc Doc Martin into their face? Yeah, I was like, you see these you see these docs? They're older than you. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear somebody go. Have you heard of these um these boots? They're called Doctor Martins. Have you heard of those? <laughs> I hear they're really good. Although, if we want to go off on a tangent about how things used to be in the good old days, Doc, 
that's yeah back in the day like my first paradox uh let's see they are now 30 years old oops did i give something away my it's age? still amazing <laughs> and well they I mean they've got holes in them the soles are all jacked up but they have outlasted other pairs of docks that are like three years old i mean this the, the quality of workmanship has just drastically been it's not the same slide yeah it's, it's not really, even close to the same no it's not but you know old habits die hard i'll keep buying them if they keep making them best love best balm i know it sounds like a weird thing to bring up but that the the old school beeswax balm that you would put on leather to keep it supple i yes. like that word <laughs> supple let me let, let me let me get some uh <laughs> asdr asdr supple I just dry heaved. Ugh. Do it, Daddy. Say it again. Mm-mm, please don't. Please stop. Please. I want you to hear my mustache say. No. no just no. Brush, brush it against the microphone one more time and my hand is coming through the screen to grab your face and rip the mustache and goatee right off of it. Right, right clean off. Clean off. Uh, I will tell comes. you what... <laughs> I should make that sound. Ah! No. <laughs> yeah, Becky, mom. do you binge things or do you marathon them? Um, This time I marathoned, but I have been known to binge if I'm really excited about something. Like Jeez. when you comes back on, I'll binge you. Love you. that one. With Penn Badgley. Well, what's the difference between a binge and a marathon? So a marathon is like when you watch like a few episodes in a row and then you're like, okay, I'm good. And then you can stop it. And then, like, the binge is where you have to watch the entire series or episode. I mean, um, season. Season. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> it was a marathon because I was sick and I kept like falling asleep. So, <laughs> and it wasn't because it was boring. It was just my, my meds would kick in and then I would just drift off to a peaceful land. Yeah. Sounds nice. Oh, you I know what? Question for you guys, though. Yeah. Like, um, this is just my curiosity because I know I'm getting sick when I have like this one very specific dream, and then I'm like, "Oh, I got to go to urgent care. Or I have to go to the doctor. I'm getting sick." Every time I get sick, I have this dream like a few days before I get sick. Do you guys have anything like that? Wow, that happens to you. I don't. I don't. But. My favorite, my the lead singer, guitarist of my favorite band of all time, does have that similar thing. For Am real? I a psychic? That's really weird. That's weird because I'd never heard of it before. Other than him, I had never heard that before. That's interesting. Yes, because I dream about my ex's brother, and that's how I know that I'm sick. It's really weird. That's cool. That's interesting. I mean, it's not cool that I dream about his brother, but. Well, what do you dream about? What do you what I mean? Like that we're in a relationship, we're getting married. It's the same dream every time, right before I get sick. That's how I know I need to go to the doctor. Wow. Are you feeling symptoms yet? At the time of the dream? What? Do you feel symptoms at the time of the dream? Like when you wake up? No symptoms whatsoever. Like two days before Thanksgiving, I had the dream and I was like, no, that can't be right. Is probably because I saw his Instagram post, and then on Thanksgiving I got sick, and I was like, "God damn it!" 
do any of the other occurrences do, do is there a prelude of seeing him or something that no. brings it on like is the dream making you sick or is I, it your body telling you that it's coming i think it's my body telling me i'm sick but it could also be the dream making me sick it's like the matrix and oh, shit wow well the brain makes it real i mean like i've got some that. that make me sick but mm. yeah well it, it makes it me like think that. recently brooke Brooke's mom called and said that she had had a horrible dream that Brando was sick and that he had something wrong with his teeth. And <laughs> that's all she could remember, Whoa. right? Now, that doesn't sound like anything crazy. And, no. and to be fair, Joy didn't get sick after having this dream. But that day, that day, we called Brando because we thought, what the hell, we'll just call him. Hey, Brando, and, how are your teeth? Yeah. No, listen. We were like, hey, she just had this crazy dream that you were really sick, and that she had she thought that there was something wrong with your teeth. And he goes, I just found out I have to get a root canal. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> just saying. Nice. We're talking about some weird connections here. Can I can I share another one, a weird yeah. connection? Yeah. Because it's kind of retro connection. We were talking about docs. Two nights ago, I dreamt that I had to walk across Phoenix to go buy a new pair of docs. They were blood red, and it was the only place they had them. And I had to walk all the way across mm. the town to go pick them up. Those would be some sick ass docs, though. Blood red. I have seen these docs. Actually, I've seen docs that were red. I don't yeah, know if I've seen those, but yeah, the ox bloods. Yeah. Yes. Nice. nice. Yeah, weird. As, well, I was about to say, what happened? Like, did the next day the docs showed up at your door or something? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But Natalie did order me some new snow docs for the oh. weather. She keeps insisting that I need snow boots, and I keep telling her, "No, I don't need no boots. No, I'm good." And she's like, "No, you need snow boots. You're gonna fall and break a hip." And I said, "No." Nah. <laughs> <laughs> she ordered me some some new boots. Uh, tell me more. What are snow docs? <laughs> what, Becky? With some orthotics in them. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so are these the ones with like metal studs in the sole? No, but that would be sexy as hell. No, these are just like they've got uh, different soles on them. Apparently built for for snow. And then um, the interior of the liner is a little bit more robust. Wow. Mm. Most comfortable shoes on the Those planet. Those do sound sexy. They I do like sound that. sexy. They do sound very sexy. Hit you with some picks. You gotta hit us with some picks. The ox blood would be cool to see. I mean, what? I mean, those shoes say punk. I always feel like Converse and Docs were the two shoes I felt were the footwear. There of was Rebels. a time though in the early two thousands where Docs were a little bit preppy. Because I had a pair of docs. Well, they had they had made some because they were so popular, I think. Yeah. I know which ones you're talking about. They were yeah, like the low-rise, uh, almost, they were lace-up low-rise docs. Yeah. There were a lot of them now. There's a lot of different styles you can choose from. No, yeah, I know, but, but like back in the early 2000s, the Laguna yeah. days. Like the Ots. Laguna days? <laughs> Laguna Beach. <laughs> Hollister Abercrombie. You put on your you put on your docks with your Hollister jeans and your Abercrombie shirt that said Team LC on it. Throw your hair up in a messy bun. 
a messy bun. <laughs> wrap some wrap some ribbon around your neck to make it look like a necklace. That was my jam. Ribbon and you had the Abercrombie coat with the fur around the hood. Yeah. Coat with the fur. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> that was my that was my look in high school. Yeah. Prove it. I have pictures. Yeah, you gotta show some pictures. You gotta show some pictures, mustache. Run. <laughs> I will send them. I will send them soon. It's funny because I have a gray mustache and the salt and pepper or salt and pepper mustache, gray beard. Oh, let's see it. Black soul patch. It's a little yeah. bit confused. <laughs> yeah. Black soul patch. Well, you know, because the chin hair is where all the wisdom's at. The funny thing is, is Brooke, Brooke would not let me just have the mustache. Like that was un unpalatable. No porn stash alone. It had to have the goatee or a beard. That was just there was no negotiating because I was really just going to grow the mustache because I thought it would be funny. And then now I'm kind of in a bind because she likes the goatee. Goatee or Van Dyke? It's kind of like a Van Dyke. Yeah, it does look more like an anchor. Okay. It's nice, though. I'm telling you, it makes me look, it makes my face look smarter and less prickish. Brando would always say that he preferred me with a beard because if I was clean shaven, he called it the devil's face and he just wanted to punch me. If you were clean shaven, it. Never yeah. Mind. If I was clean shaven, no, go ahead. Say you say if I was clean shaven, I looked like a devilish. Asshole. No, I was gonna say like your beard chafed his inner thighs. There's like, <laughs> a secret trade secret, sir. Trade secret. <laughs> Sick burn, bro. Oh, no man, no shame, no shame. Nothing but love. I, I used to have a great, I used to love trying to make him uncomfortable by like, if I saw him laying on the couch, I'd go lay next to him and like start <laughs> gently rubbing his leg. And he'd be like, get away, get away. Stop touching me. Like, you get all fucking serious. It was the best. It still makes me laugh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So you did, I thought that you, uh, we're alluding to having some other things you wanted to talk about, Mitch. No, no, not particularly. I mean, it's, I've been like busy, busy and, uh, yeah, I, no, nothing specific, nothing that really kind of like I can segue into really particularly, but, um, like some, okay. So here's, here's, here's a question I was having with a, a discussion I was having with the old band. If you guys check out the, uh, ruminations from the red room episode, getting the band back together, those kind and wonderful gents who I spent my early youth rocking out with, we uh, we struck up a conversation or I brought it to their attention that I've been a little bit torn over Ozzy's new producer slash studio guitarist who's done a lot of other work with, with artists like, uh, I don't know, Post Malone, things like his name's Andrew Watt. Um, so, when we have like these artists that we love, I mean, obviously really bad sequitur guys. Sorry to no, no, it's interesting. audience into this. When you have like these bands or like artists that you've loved for years and years and years, we tend to have like this crazy uh, possessiveness about it. You know, when we like some people use the term gatekeeper. I love gatekeeping. I love you, gatekeeping you, good music. Oh, I love this. This is great. Do tell. What do you gatekeep on Becky? I gatekeep music. Like great music that I don't want people like I don't want people to make it mainstream, so I gatekeep it. 
Because I think oh. if they hear it, they'll start blowing it up. And I'm like, that's my favorite song. But if they blow it up, then it goes away really quickly. And we were talking about Wednesday, yeah. for example, like the Cramp song mm-hmm. uh, getting up on Spotify right now. Or earlier this year with uh, Master of Puppets from Metallica yes. getting blown up by Stranger Things. Like, it's a it's something to discuss. So when you're doing your gatekeeping, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Like when you see, like you see, like kids out in the mall with a T-shirt on, do you like wrestle them to the ground and like give them nuggies or what? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just for my own, like you know, like they're like somebody will ask you, like, what are you listening to right now? I am listening to like some great stuff, but I'm like less likely to tell them because I want to keep it to myself a little bit longer because. Like, I feel like once it gets mainstream, it kind of ruins it a little bit and it puts like pressure on people to like, I have to make a number one hit where you have like all these like, like right now I really like this artist named Teddy Swims Mm -hmm. and I'm like, can we please just keep him so that I can keep going to see him at the Fox Theater (laughs) and there's not a lot of people there because it feels more intimate. Yeah. And I don't want him to get too popular. And now he's he like had a duet with Megan Trainer, and I'm like, please don't go that direction. Well, that's I, not gonna help him out any. Who's when's the last time? Anyway? <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I, I worry. I I, I would have that feeling because I worry that sometimes that kind of exposure with a a smaller, like a, a not so much an unknown but not hugely popular yet, can sometimes be too much for a band to grow mm-hmm. naturally like i think that happened with the toadies i was a huge fan and then they blew they up cool. and uh when they blew up the production slowed down and it kind of went a little down it didn't maintain its quality the way that i had hoped they would and it then they kind of went away um so yeah, I, th- I I definitely understand where you're coming from, Becky. Do you have an older song that you had when you were like younger that you feel like got popular out of nowhere again, and you feel like you feel like possessive over it versus people discovering it for the first time? Not really, because like that's I remember when Mitch and I discussed Master of Puppets with Stranger Things that that had something to do with it. But I don't want to get too far away from your point either, Mitch. You were talking about when oh, you have. You know, that's not far away from the point. That's right on. That's right on point. The question okay. I think becomes like: Is it so? Is it not as selfish as some people may think? You think that it really is with the the intent that for the artist. I mean, is where's it coming from? I just like to toy with these thoughts because I'm guilty of them too. I'm like, you can't. I'm like you can't. That's that's my band. That's my band. Yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I liked them before they were big. And, you know. But I think part of it comes from a natural inclination. And I haven't fully formed my theory on this. I'll write it up. I'll send you guys the paper once it's published. But nice. once <laughs> once I I formulate it, it's it comes from a natural human inclination to protect scarcity, yes. like you were saying, Be- Becky. Like yeah. it's, and you want to be able to see this your band or this artist in a smaller venue, but it's not a quantitative product most of the time so if if my band gets really popular it's not gonna make those songs or that album harder to get but it might make the tickets to go see them harder to get yeah it it might devalue yeah the 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 social currency i feel like i have by having found them first but 
it's it's interesting to me this because i'm guilty of it that i try not i know it's like uh, back in the day we used to have like this venue in wisconsin um where like a bunch of the old emo bands used to play like very cheaply and you would go see them like we saw panic at the disco we saw fallout boy and they were like really really intimate shows with not a lot of people and those are some of my best memories like you're so close to them and they like you know are okay to take pictures with you and then they get like famous and it just kind of ruins it like ruins that experience and sometimes it ruins the music in my opinion this the I mean, the way you experience the same song, for instance, or or do you think it just the the way that they go creatively? I think I think it's more the way they go creatively because there's like there's no once I hear a song and like that song is stuck with me and like the memories that go with that song, that's never going to get taken away because there are just some songs that like stop stop me in my tracks and I just get like so nostalgic. Or, like, I have such, like, a special place in my heart for them. It's once they go on to, like, make their second, third, fourth album or when they go on their first world tour or whatever that I feel like a little of them is lost, if that makes sense. It makes total sense to me. I, I don't know what where I'm stealing this quote from. It's not mine. But it's uh, the things that can't easily be said are better sung. Mm-hmm. Or better played in song. And I think that my attachment, my particular way for music, I know that there's probably one in a million people that I've heard of before say, oh, I'm not that into music, which I don't understand that. That seems completely uh, inhuman to me. It's a good Sorry, way to change it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I, in moments of, happiness and moments of terrible struggle and moments of sadness and out seeking either songs that I know will let that out, help me get that out and express it in a way that I can't easily do or don't know how to do, or I'll discover that song. And I think that moment of discovery or even the, when you, meld and attached to that you you know that becomes so personal it's such a personal expression that once it becomes a television show hit oh yeah 20 years later it feels like it's sanctity is being tarnished right it's hard right. to hold that for me i'm only i mean i don't know if that's true for everybody i feel like that and um Maybe that's my version of gatekeeping. No, that's no, it, it makes sense. And that would be my question. Like, how does that fit into the conversation when you have a song like, like that becomes popular because of a show or a movie? And, and then those people who are loving it and driving it up the Spotify charts are next month never listening to it again. Yeah. It's kind of offensive right. to those of us who do hold it in and regard. It hurts your to, feelings a lot. Yes, it hurts your feelings. Hey, what's wrong with you? Why wouldn't you continue to listen? Why don't to you love my favorite band? <laughs> well, it's also, it ruins some of the context of how, when it was brand new in the world, the world that made it, 
mm-hmm. the world that birthed it that you were a part of at that moment and every, it that there's just no way that that it can be easily portrayed to these new fast in and out audiences i like, always you- i always hold my breath like when they use one of my favorite songs in like a show Because it can go one of two ways. Like people will drive it up the charts and then it'll disappear or, you know, the other way of, you know, people love it so much and then it becomes too hard to see, you know, your favorite people in concert or too expensive to see your favorite people in concert. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge, a huge bummer. Mm -hmm. And you never, you never know if, if the, you always want to believe that the artist was really there for just you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so there's it's true though. Like I remember there was a concert we went to and it was a very small venue and it was Gavin DeGraw. And to this day, one of my top it's my top concert because it was so intimate and because it was like it felt like he was singing right to you. And then years later I went and saw him at uh he was at one of the casinos here and like I had gone backstage at that first concert and I went backstage at this one and he actually like remembered me which was really cool yeah so yeah it's it's heartbreaking I mean Mm -hmm. it really it really it feels like it feels like and I don't I, I I know Becky will I know all of us have had this moment where you run into an ex that you thought you had forgotten about and mm-hmm. maybe it didn't end so great mm-hmm. and you haven't thought about how much it sucked or what it felt like. And then you run into them and you leave. And for just an uncomfortable moment, you remember that hurt. Yeah. A little bit. There's a playlist like, for that in my <laughs> it's called it's called it's called what hurts the most Ran into i'm not shitting you no it's called what hurts the most <laughs> i mean i i those, you should see just, my playlist they're great this is my interpretation <laughs> of it uh, but yeah i i do i i really I feel that I feel that on both sides though. I feel that with music that was intimate and I feel that with music that was fun. Like a lot of times I'm ridiculously defensive over George Michael. Uh, uh yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> uh George Michael for sure. Um but like like more ridiculous would be like Daft Punk. Like I I people are easily look for like a, away from that, but I I I just thought they changed they're one of those couple of guys who changed music in a way that a lot, maybe a lot of people don't care about, but they did. And they influenced entire genres generationally. And I, that's true for a lot of bands that, that do incredible things, but that's what I, I, I get, I get it. I feel that way about all kinds of music that's deep and music that's not so deep. You know, I mean, obviously if you hear me defending the, uh, the str- the aperture of around the world you know i'm being ridiculous well that's my favorite quote is you can tell a lot by a person a lot of a person by their favorite songs undoubtedly that's my favorite quote so how has it affected you mitch having to stomach this new 
guitarist. How has it affected Ozzy's music? Oh, that's we don't have the time for that. Like not remotely, but thanks for asking. Not even a <laughs> is his music even, is it like new music or like yeah it was his uh it was what two years ago three years ago um he released one that had been years in the making and uh it was it did really well it was commercially a success and so they jumped right back into the studio and cranked out this one but the relationship began because of his daughter um. I guess knows post Malone and Watt did a lot of work with him. And so they decided it would be a really good match. Posty. Really? I don't know his work at all. I like him. So yeah, they, uh, so it was kind of like instigated by, by Sharon and, uh, whatever her name is, which Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Kelly. So, uh, you know, and, and I respect the desire to, to reinvent and to move forward and to be new and things like that. And I think that's great. And Ozzy never seems to be outdated. He always seems to have a particular place in the rock pantheon and that it goes unquestioned, but there's just, yeah, I just have some things to say that we'll have to wait for another episode or maybe an episode of from the red room because yeah, I would just I would go on for too long. And gotta come back. <laughs> that would be and, a two-hour show. No <laughs> What's that? Said it would be our two-hour show, our Christmas special. It could be the the Christmas special, and nothing but love for y'all. But you'd have to know Ozzy's work and his other guitars' work for us to have that conversation. That's fair. You know that is fair because I don't. I don't. <laughs> but it sounds. I mean, it, it would I be wrong in saying it sounds like you're you're. I don't want to say disappointed, but struggling with it a little bit but i mean we talked about the the core philosophy questions involved in it and that's really kind of where i was at because additionally uh as i referenced earlier the cure who's robert smith is the guy who has the dreams before he's sick which is why i was like what that's weird i'd never heard wow. of that um they just released a remaster of a 30 year old album and i was trying to communicate that to some younger associates of mine and it was just completely lost on them first of all they'd never heard of the cure second of oh, all what God. <laughs> their parents are, you, are awful are you, it's not a joke that's not a joke that's not a joke i was like oh it's, how it's... dare they <laughs> how do you not know who the cure is that's rude and you don't know who the cure is you know but Ugh. but that's beside the point it's uncultured it was a shock but oh, the concept God. of a remastered album like having an album that was like your favorite when you were young and now it's being re-released and digitally remastered, like how that mattered, it completely was lost on them. More so than the current, like the idea of not having a favorite album or having a favorite album over a favorite of a favorite artist. Well, they probably of, don't listen to albums anymore, do they? I, know, I mean, dude. it's all just songs, individual yeah, songs. Mm-hmm. Tragic, tragic. I, and I, I lament for them because I think they're missing out on a really great human experience. That so. used to be the craft is creating a narrative throughout the whole album, being able yeah. to just put it on and not a stop, story. not skip. Yeah. You listen to the whole thing. Yeah. They didn't know. the. I mean, I was joking earlier when I said you'd have somebody come up to you and go, have you heard of these shoes? Dr. Martin's. <laughs> 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 like like you just started dressing up. like this yesterday you must really like wednesday 
you've changed your whole wardrobe because of Wednesday, haven't you? You're like, oh my gosh, this new band just came out. <laughs> They're called The Doors. Yeah. <laughs> well, something, well, something that when Ozzy that uh, he did a, a, a duet with Post Malone, and people were like, oh, that's really nice of, the, of Post Malone, to, like this up and coming rocker, and is featured on his Yo. song. <laughs> that was a real Yo. thing, dude. Yeah. No. Oh my god! So this oh, is th- so this is not so far off from where I get like uh, I you know on the on the ridiculous DJ side when I hear somebody talking about a song now I'm gonna use my niece as a reference when she comes out and says oh have you heard this all I'm doing is picking out samples and the way that they're doing the way they're arranging the samples and the effects they're putting on the voices as being things that they learned from the first people that did it that way. And it's often you can trace a line back to Daft Punk in the nineties or Jojo, the Marauder, right? It can go all the way back to the seventies and that's where I'm at. And I'm like, you know nothing. You know, like I get all arrogant about it. Like this is trash, but that, that is definitely where I get gatekeepy. Well, at least you can gatekeep. Nowadays, there's not even through lines to trace it back to Zeppelin or Sabbath or the Doors or anything that came before. Like, they, there's rock is dead. So at least you can say, hey, you know where that came from, right? Now there's nothing on the radio that even came from from rock. It's gone. It blows my mind. I will be telling everybody I know for the next month that there was the story of people who knew not the cure. <laughs> oh my god that makes me really sad man mitch uh i have to say when when you started talking the show got a lot more interesting my liver king stuff was really way more did. boring it really did <laughs> it really did thanks everybody for sitting through the first boring half and listening to me rant about dumb shit just kidding really i enjoyed it and also mitch that's so much just so nice to have you here with us man your he was going to say it so much better when you're on. Don't let him fool you. It is better when you're on. I like it when you guys are on. We still have fun. We're Let's good, be realistic. We just like it you. when I'm in the room. That is pretty accurate. <laughs> not, that, that's pretty accurate. Well, we're gonna we're all gonna take a moment and try to get her uh, her eye that's still stuck up in her skull back down <laughs> from having rolled it at my wise wisdom beard. That muscle, that muscle. I'm gonna have to take a relaxer for it. It's pretty sore. Take one of your drugs from your parrot flu. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This was fun. It's time to time to move on, and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoy what we're doing. If you'd like to give us your support, hit that subscribe button. I will say pound that subscribe button because I want to get that other eye rolling back up in Becky's head. Oh my God. And just for the hell of it, I'll say supple one more time. Disgusting. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on another episode of Brevity Box. Brevity Box is brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. Check out our website. See all the different podcasts that we are busy handcrafting for you in the mountains of Colorado. We know that you'll enjoy them. We've got a lot of different things. You know I've talked about them before. I'm a movie nut. You might call me a cinephile. It's always my recommendation. Check out Cinephile Hissy Fit. It's a start. But if you want to see the others, check them out at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.